That's great, but who is Wim behind all of that? Not focusing on D and I is a risk that a typical lawyer would not think about. That's how an organization thrives and evolves. It's having all these different perspectives. Was it a risk to prioritize DE&I back then so early on in your career? Talent is not limited to one type of people. It's everywhere. to thank you first and foremost as Alan and Overy's senior partner and a true DE&I champion. You're a very busy man. Why did you offer to lend your voice to this podcast? Uh, because I believe in, um, in the work that needs to be done. Um, there's, a, there's a wider consideration. There's also a business need. The wider consideration is just the right thing to do. I think... Um, some people are privileged and some are not. And I think uh, giving equal opportunity in a level playing field to everybody, whatever your background, wherever you come from is, is important. And that means you need to create an environment where, where people can be them, themselves. And I, I'm a big, big believer in that. That is, I think, the wider uh, consideration. But then there's a business need. I mean, we, as a law firm, um, our success just depends on how talented our people are. And talent is not limited to one kind of people. Um, you know, if you really want to find the best talent, you have to look for it very, very hard. And you have to look everywhere. Um, and I think uh, the risk of many industries is that people just look for mini-me's, as I call them, right? Kind of I understand, have, yeah people that have exactly the same background and features and same schools and whatever as you have. And that, I think, reduces very substantially your ability to recruit the best talent. I've got to know you and I understand you're a family man, you're a father, you're an avid cyclist. That's great, but who is Wim behind all of that? What's the person behind these incredible mm. things said about you in the media? Who am I? I mean, I, I was... a uh... You know, lucky to be born in a, in a very warm family, um, a very strong mother, uh, five siblings. Um, uh, but my mother came from a very poor background. Uh, and I think a lot, as for many people, I think a lot is about, you know, the environment in which you grew up. And I was, I grew up in a actually pretty non-diverse environment in Flanders, in Belgium. But my mother, uh, you know, her father died in the war. Um, she, the poor family, she had to go and uh, work at age 14, as did her two sisters. Yeah. Um, and my mother was a pretty clever woman, actually, uh, but also very frustrated by the fact that she had never had the opportunity uh, to study. So when I finished high school i mean there was a system in belgium where you could do high school in front of a jury my mother decided she was going to deal with her frustration and just take the exam at the same time as i did and of course she had better results than so i you did studied at the same time and she went to university at the same time as i did okay. um, and then started a career with five kids and started a career at age 47 or something mm -hmm. um and you know she was a warm person, but it was one. There was one thing that was not negotiable. She didn't have the chance to study. She offered it to us, 
And that was the one thing we had to do is you study, you can do whatever you want, but you're going to get a, a degree. And and I think that's probably been my privilege is kind of have someone like my mother who kind of, you know, there was not an option, but it, it's the privilege. I mean, you knew you had to study, you, you, you know, you only realized later how important that is and what opportunities it created. So I, I see my privilege as um, having had the opportunity uh, with a, with a mother that you know who was ambitious but frustrated by it, but then put the ambition uh, on, on us. Um, so I think I think that um, is a big part of of my background. I saw an interview that you did early on in your career, um, and in preparation for the session, I watched the interview, and you said, "I think as lawyers we are trained to be risk averse," which I would agree. And perhaps the same doesn't apply to leaders in an organization. The best leaders are they the most risk adverse individuals. Was it a risk to prioritize DE&I back then so early on in your career? I didn't think about the risk. Um, yeah. And was everybody happy back then with, with uh, yeah, kind of the program I put in place? No, but you, you do what's right for your clients, for your people and for the business. Um, and I think you cannot be a business leader without taking calculated risk. I mean, you don't take stupid risk, right? You make risk assessments. But I mean, I often say lawyers, we get paid by clients to identify risk. Clients uh, identify risk of doing something, not focusing on D and I is a risk that a typical lawyer would not think about. Um, but of course, if you didn't do that 10 years ago, you know, you you would have lost a lot of credibility and, and therefore you would damage the business, you would less get work and so on. We now have, I think, five different generations all within our global network at a and um, That brings with it opportunity, but it also brings with it challenges of, yeah. Satisfy, satisfying, pleasing, and hearing every generation that makes up our law firm. How do you as a leader navigate that generational lens? But I, I actually think that's how an organization thrives and evolves. It's having all these different perspectives. I mean, I, I think the biggest risk of a successful organization is to become complacent and to say, we're successful, we're not going to change anything. Guess what? The world is going to catch up with you. Yeah, pretty and, quickly as well. Very quickly. And so having those young voices, I mean, I'm a big believer in reverse learning. Reverse learning is massively important, where the younger people challenge the older people on how they do things, what their approach is, etc. So, so I, I think if you look at it purely from a business perspective, it's fantastic to have these five generations in an organization because we can learn from each other. Of course, the older ones have the experience, but the younger ones look at it at a, you know at issues and challenges in a very different way. What I love about A&O and our people is that more often than not, our change makers, innovators and role models are across the whole organization and that's embraced. And to your point, I think that's really important. And that is only possible if you have an environment where people dare to take a bit of a risk yeah. and where you give air cover. If innovation in a way is a good example, you will not innovate as an organization unless people take a risk in your organization to come up with a new idea. 
that hasn't been proven to work. But creating an environment where people step up, do that, try it. And if it fails, it's not held against them. So when one of the key reasons for having you on is because I think as a leader, you have navigated being a straight white man that hasn't shone away from having these important conversations and being part of the change. What advice would you give to other men who perhaps fear that as a senior leader or someone who wants to step into senior leadership, they will say the wrong thing or perhaps make a mistake and therefore they shy away from the conversation mm. through that fear? Yeah, don't shy away from it and don't worry about making mistakes. I mean, I could compare it with speaking other languages. I'm not a native speaker, as you can tell. You know, just speak the other language, you make mistakes. And if you're in an environment where people want to help you, they'll correct your mistakes. And it's the same on, on conversations on diversity, where, you know, I will make mistakes in using the wrong words, because actually, what is acceptable as an expression in the US is different from Europe or Middle East or Asia. Uh, and so the sensitivities are not the same. So when you have a conversation uh, where it could be sensitive, you know, ask or apologize, right? I say, you know, I, you know, I would do these conversations, I have these conversations all over the world, sensitivities are different, I might make a mistake. If I do, I apologize, but please, can you, can you correct me? And I know gender has been such a key focus for you, especially since you took over the leadership of Alan and Overy. Why was that a conscious decision for you? Yeah, not just gender. I mean, uh, any any diversity, um, you know, first um, and the easy answer is it's the right thing to do. But actually also there's a business need. I mean, our industry, uh, we can be successful if we have the most talented people um, working for our clients. You know, talent is not limited to one type of people. It's everywhere. Um, and so we have to look very, very hard to find the best talent. Um, and you can find it anywhere. People have to get the opportunity to develop their talent, uh, to show and be the best of who they can be. Um, and I think it's our task to find them and then to help them grow um, and give them the opportunities and create an environment where they are comfortable, they can be themselves and they can develop their talent uh, to the benefit of themselves, but also of the clients, of course. And it's uh, about building that cultural safety exactly. to make the mistake, acknowledge it and know we're all on the same page and um, giving people the grace that we're doing the right thing or trying to do the right mm, thing. Exactly. You think you understand the issues from where you sit. And if you never travel, I mean, obviously I travel a lot, but if you don't travel, you don't realize, you know, what challenges diverse people have around the world. And they're different everywhere you go. They're different in China than they are in continent Europe than they are here, actually. What's one key piece of advice you wish someone told you when you were trying to navigate, climbing that ladder, figuring things out? What's one thing you wish you heard back then? Um... Well, you never do it alone. <laughs> this, I mean, it takes a team. It takes the team, and the higher you get, the bigger the team gets. Give ownership to other people. Give credit. Ownership and the, credit. Don't, and it's and it's not you, right? In, yeah. in in my role, it's a lot of other people that make it make it uh, make it make it happen. I, I think it is about respecting people wherever they are in their careers. 
and and um, and actually you just have to like people i guess i mean basically you wouldn't do this if you didn't like yeah, uh, people and work with people um uh, but it but it's what gives me my most joy in in my career if people ask you what 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 is it that makes you more most proud is actually i've, I've recruited some people out of school and you see how successful they have become in their in, in their careers in the firm 25 years later on actually they do a much better job than i ever did um that is fantastic to see and and that probably makes me proud as well as that that's a i've made moment. my little contribution to them but you give, you create the environment where they can thrive where they can develop their talent uh where you have an open dialogue i mean again if they do something wrong or i do something wrong you need an environment where you can talk about that openly and learn thank from each other thank you and i guess as a as a final thought and question to you it would be remiss of me not to say we're in a huge period of change both the industry looking within our organization ano is in a period of change what's one thing that excites you about the near future the change is an opportunity I mean, if there's no change, it's, uh, it comes a bit dull, I think. <laughs> um, now, change is challenge, uh, of course, but it always creates an opportunity. And and I, I think uh, as long as we can uh, recruit, retain the best talent wherever we can find it, I'm very confident about the future of, 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 our, of our business. Thank you very much. Now, when I put pen to paper to figure out what I wanted the meaning and the impact of this conversation to be, it was very much labeled as voices for change. You are a change agent in every sense of the word. So I wanted to thank you for lending your voice to this. Thank you very much, Wim. Pleasure.